Aren't you thankful that God's in control? I want you to turn your Bibles to Psalm, Psalm 23. And we're going to, come, we're going to do a, a different message today. It's called, Come On In. What, is, what do most people say that? Come on in. What are they talking about? Either to your house, right? Or have you ever heard it? Come on in the is fine. What's the word we're looking for? The water is fine. We're going to look at these things. I want you to turn to Psalm 23. We're going to do come on in. Because you know there's going to be problems in your life. And I want to say this so you understand. I am a proponent with what I have as a proponent to wear a mask. If you want to wear a mask, I would encourage you to wear a mask. You don't have to do it when you're sitting down. But when you come in the building, that would really be of great help to us. Um, the men taking everything out there, they're, they're doing that. And um, I, I also want to share with this to you also that th this Sunday night, we're not going to have service here. We're going to have it online. I have to be very careful with what I do. Um, for you visiting, I have heart failure, and I find out this week what's going on. I go get an, um, an ultrasound, and I have to be very careful. I, I wear out. Anybody ever wear out? Isn't it great getting old? Amen. You know, you know before I, got, I was told what I had, I'd go home. I'd say, Daniel, I've got to go home and take a nap. And now I figured out why, but, you know, I still like taking naps. How many of you like taking naps? All right, Sunday naps are the best, right? Except if you're a preacher because you're thinking about what you got to say that night. So, um, but tonight we're gonna we're gonna go back to where we are. We're just slowly going into this. I don't want to be there's some people that there's some churches I know that have started things and they have to re bring it back. And I don't want to do that. I want to make sure we're we're confident in what we're doing. So, and also for the sake of the cleaning crew, uh, we clean tonight. We'll we'll clean it. We'll have it for Wednesday. We're gonna have a Wednesday night service, a Sunday morning service. And every, every month I talk to the deacons and we kind of assess what we need to do. Because I don't want the responsibility of making one of you sick. And I don't want you to have that responsibility of looking and saying, well, I got someone sick. Does everybody understand that? And so I'm more cautious than anything, you know. And, and, I, and I thank the Lord for Terry. Terry texted me this morning and said, I've been to Myrtle Beach. And you know what Myrtle Beach is saying. And Phyllis, I'm not trying to, where's Phyllis at? I know she's here. I'm not trying to run down her place. She has a place in Myrtle Beach. But, hey, if you go there, quarantine, amen? And make sure, you know, it, it's just what we, we have to do. It's a world we live in, amen? And my family's going to go to Myrtle Beach later on, but it's in September. So we're going to weigh out what I can do at that point. But I really need your help with this. You make sure you keep yourself safe. Um, and and I, I think the other side of it is we really don't know how, the, how you can get this. All the people don't know what they're talking about. And um, I know Brian Baggett, I talked to him. I said, where did you get it? Because he contracted the coronavirus. He was here way back in March, but he just got it about two weeks ago. He said, I don't know where I got it. I don't know how I got it. I mean, uh, and the mask, I understand the mask are a safety for other people. It's not a safety for you. And I have a hard time breathing through them, amen? When I take my mask off, I still look this good, amen? I'm done. I'm just, 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 but I take it off and I'm sweating like crazy underneath that mask. And so, but I want to say this, I'm thankful, I am so thankful that I can breathe again. You don't realize how grateful you are about things until you lose something and it comes back. But we're going to turn into Psalm 23 this morning. Does anybody know what Psalm 23 says? You should. If you've ever been to a funeral, they, they say it almost at every funeral I've been to, but Psalm 23 is not really a psalm that's, that's written for the funeral. It is actually written for the living. And so in Psalm 23, let's go ahead and stand, and I'm going to read one verse, and I'm going to alternate, and you're going to read the next verse. And so we're going to get all the way through this, but I want you to see some of these things on here. Psalm 23, I'll read the first verse. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, and leadeth me beside the still waters. 
He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord Um, Alan, would you pray for us? Amen. You may be seated. Go back to verse number four, because we're going to go into this emphasis in just a second. But I want to read four words. I'm going to stop. I want you to read the four words that are right after this, because this message and tonight's message go hand in hand. And it says in, in verse number four, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Now, what's the next um, four, five words? I'm sorry. What's the next five words? For thou art with me. Those five words mean a whole lot to a lot of people. And as a Christian, they should mean a whole lot to you. Because we know we're not alone. And so, with that said, you know what we've got to do? We've got to get a, we need the right, correct perspective. Have you ever got your perspectives messed up? You ever had your perspectives messed up? You mean you thought something, it wasn't true, and then all of a sudden you realized later it wasn't true, and you made some decisions based on the, the fault of your perspective, right? There's been some people I think are not very safe people, and then there's other people that I'm scared of. Amen? I mean, we, we have, at our house, we have an extra apartment. We have an Airbnb there. And there's some people that come in, and you, you kind of judge them before they come in and stay at your place. Are they going to be clean or are they going to be dirty? And the ones that I've thought were going to be clean sometimes have been the dirtiest people that stay there. And then there's other people that I think are going to be dirty. They're spotless. I don't even have to clean for the next person. We do, though. Okay, we do. Got out of that one. But, you know, as we look at it, it's always a different, we've got to have the right perspective. I'm going to give you a perspective that sometimes we don't think about. And we're going to talk about three areas and three quick stories in the Bible that talks about coming on in. Because when God is with us, we can handle it. You know, I was talking, talking to Bobby this week, and he's telling me a story about him and Alan. And it was an interesting story, and they were talking about, they were in a barn one day, and they were on the top of the barn. The barn caught on fire. And Alan's the daring one, and Bobby, Bobby, raise your hand. Bobby's not too daring. He's very cautious. And so Alan was telling me that they were trying to figure out how to get out of that barn. He said, man, the bottom's on fire, and Bobby's trying to analyze everything. Alan just runs through like a chicken with his head cut off. You know how Alan is. He's going he's to just tear the place up. He's like, I have no idea, but we're going to get out of here, Bobby. Bobby's scared. Bobby's crying over the corner. He goes, gets Bobby, brings Bobby. And Bobby's telling me this is a story. And so he, he tells me that Alan goes and gets him. And, and they, they figure out, they, they say, let's separate. And Bobby goes to one end of the barn and Alan goes to the other. And so not too long after that, now we're talking about perspectives here. Not too, too long after that, Bobby's still on the top of that barn. Alan is down on the ground yelling at him on the other end of the barn. So Bobby comes running over and says, Alan, how in the world did you get down? The building's on fire. I've got to get out of here. How am I going to do it? And you know, Alan's a daredevil. Bobby's very cautious. And he goes, well, he goes, you're not going to believe this. 
But we have these cows out in Wayne's pasture. They were right there. And he said, and they went to the bathroom. There's some cow manure. What you do is just jump into cow manure. It'll stop your fall. And Bobby's sitting there going, no, I don't want to do that. He goes, I got my new shoes on. Virginia gave me and I don't want to do that. How am I going to do this? How am I going to handle this? It's all in this perspective. And about the last minute before he jumps, he looks at Alan. He says, listen, that looks like a big pile of manure. He said, how deep is it? He said, it's ankle deep. You'll be fine. So at the last minute, the barn's about ready to collapse. Bobby jumps out and lands in that manure. It goes up to his neck. He turns around and looks at Alan and goes, what in the world were you thinking? You said this was ankle deep. He goes, I jumped head first. <laughs> we all have different perspectives, don't we? Some of you heard that joke a long time ago, but you didn't know it was Alan and Bobby, all right? But you know, as you look at this, we've got to have the right perspective. We look at things and we see things. And you know what we fail to forget? That God's with us. I'm so thankful God is with us. Let's look at these verses one more time. In this, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow death. Now, I've got a different perspective of what this verse is because I've read a book. If you've ever got a chance to read a book, it's called The Shepherd's Look at the 23rd Psalm. That's an interesting aspect because he talks about, and he's one of my favorite writers, as he talks about this, he talks about that they walk through the valley of shadow death. There's sometimes when you have to get a sheep from one side to another and you have to go through a valley. And that's when they're very vulnerable, that other, other animals can attack them. And it says in this, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow, shadow of death, I will fear no evil, because as, as if God's there. Because look at the next, next four, five words. It says, For thou art with me. For thou art with me. Now, now if you keep reading in verse number five, and we always love uh, verse number four. I didn't put it up here, but verse number four ends like this. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That's a wonderful part of that verse. In other words, God's going to correct you, and sometimes it might hurt, but He's going to correct you because He's with you. So let's read these five words, and I, if you get anything, I want you to get these five words today. Because when you go out this week, and you see something wrong, and you read the news, how many of you watch the news and get dis disappointed? I do. I can't watch it for very long. Last night, it was so bad at our house, the news, I said, honey, let's watch something. We watched, um, uh, what was it, Should we watch? America's Funniest Videos. If we saw people crashing, jumping off things, I thought, this is better than the news, amen? I like watching it with my wife because she's like, oh, that, that could have killed him. That could have hurt. Yeah, that's why we watch it, okay? But here it says, thou art with me. God is always with you. You're going to see some bad things. You're going to hear some bad things. Last time I checked, God is still on the throne. I'm trying to encourage you so when you get discouraged, you can see that God is still in control of the situation and God is still in control of your life. You know, I, I see some of these young people in here and I think, man, I want God to do something great in their life. I want their life to be a long life. You look at some of the turmoil. Let's say it together. For thou art with me. That was terrible. All right, let's do it one more time. For how many of you believe that? I do. I believe that He's with me. He's going to take care of me. You know, so there's going to be circumstances in your life. And come on in, the water's fine. I am the kind of... How many of you go into a pool and you just jump in? Phyllis, you just jump in. You know what I do? I make the mistake of doing what? What do I do first? I fill the water. And I, and, and, oh, no, that's too cold. And so, 
I like, the, I, I wish I could be that person that could just jump in. But I'd like to torture my body slowly. And so if this is the pool, I'll go, oh, oh, oh. Meanwhile, everybody else is uh, swimming. And it, it, it's 20 minutes to get to this part. Got to get my, my legs used to it. Oh. And then when I finally get in the pool and, I, and I'm up to my waist, I'm going, oh, my head, my head, my head, my head, my head. I don't, and then I have to force myself. to. Anybody like that? Anybody like me? Am I the only one in here? Okay, there's three or four, me and a bunch of ladies, okay? All right, here we go, that's fine. <laughs> but I am okay with that. I, that's just how I am. But then I see my girls, man, they take off running, you know? That water could be 33 degrees, and it's not frozen, but they don't know it yet until they hit the water. Oh, come on, the water's fine. Some, some things are going to happen in your life. I want you to turn to Mark chapter 4, and I want you to look at verse number 35. We're going to look at three stories real quick this morning, but I want you to look at Mark chapter 4, and I want you to see this. Why I bring this up, so often in our life, things come in our life and we don't know how to handle them. We don't know if God's with us, and if we truly believe that, that God is with us, then everything's going to be okay. Mark chapter 4, verse 35, and it says, And the same day when, when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. So he's talking, Jesus is talking here, and he says, listen, I want to go over on the other side. Look at the next verse. It says, and when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship. And there was also with him other little ships. So he's in the ship with them. There's a bunch of little ships around them, and they're going from one side to the other. And, and, and then something happens, and there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Now, the issue here is you've got some disciples that were avid fishermen. That's what their, what their livelihood was. So they understood storms. They understood, they understood boats. They understood water. And here the storm hits, and it says, so that it was now full in verse number 37. Verse number 38 says, and he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? What an interesting question. They go up to the Savior, the one that they've, they've gotten completely left their lifestyle to follow. They're in a storm on a sea, and many of them are fishermen, and they, they wake him up and says, are you just going to let us die? What about this storm? But then you're going to see the power of who, who Christ is in this storm. We, know all, we all know what happens. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. You know what's interesting? He doesn't answer their question. He doesn't give them at this point any, any possibility of why I did this. But he just, I can almost see him getting up and then just saying these words and the storm ceases. Keep reading. It says this, And he said unto them after this, Why are you so fearful, how is it that you have no faith? Two questions. But did you notice when he, when he asked these questions to him, the storm had already calmed. They had seen the storm. He had calmed the storm. Then he asked those questions. He was using this as a teaching illustration. So when you go through a, so when you go through a situation and, and it's a bad situation, a storm in your life, remember this, it's going to be okay. The water's fine. Look what they say in the next verse. 
It says, and they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the winds of the seas obey him? I, I can't comprehend the power that God has. Because when you read this story, we're supposed to get rain for the next five, six days. And we haven't had very much rain lately. And you know, as we look at all the stuff that's going around us, I like rain to come. But you know what? I, I don't have enough faith sometimes to go out and say, I don't want it to rain. Rain, stop. Rain, come. You know, my wife and I, we were, we were at the house yesterday and she said, put the, it started raining real bad. And, and she said, should I put my ferns out on the front porch so they can get some water? And we, we got the ferns from the back porch, walking through, put them on the front porch, set them down. And I promise you, within 30 seconds, the rain stopped. It was a torrential downpour and it stopped. And she said, well, now we know how to stop the rain. Just put our ferns out and God will not water them. You know, we don't have that power that Jesus had. And you had people that were giving their lives for him. But you know what? When, when, the, water, when the water's wavy and you have no idea and your life's a, a mess sometimes, just remember the water's fine. Think what it would be like without water in your life. You sure would bring that storm on if you were in the desert stranded, wouldn't you? You would really need it. Because you know what, what he does in our life? He brings peace in our life. And as the Bible says, and Paul says, he says, it's peace that passes all understanding. So come on in. The water is fine. You're going to be okay. You just don't know it maybe yet. But what do tests do? They prepare you for the future, right? They do. Do tests prepare you for the future? Oh. Yes, they do. So when that storm came, can you imagine? Read the question. Let's go back to it real quick. Master, carest thou not that we perish? That's the question I asked him. Look at the question he asked them. Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Those are the questions they ask, that, that he asked them. Do you realize they didn't answer his questions either? Look at the question that they answer. What manner of man is this that even the winds and seas obey him? <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't state that they were scared. And they didn't state, state that they, they had no faith. But that's us. Anybody in here get scared? Anybody in here get scared? And the, and the last one is, how many of you have the faith that you need? If we were honest with ourselves, we get scared a lot. And we don't have the faith we need. And meanwhile, God's trying to teach us all these things, right? You're not scared of anything? I'm scared of a lot of things. I don't like the dark. I don't like snakes. I, couldn't, I wouldn't pick up a scorpion. If you had a pet tarantula, I would not let you put it in my hand. If I had a pet tarantula in this hand and I had a chainsaw running in this hand, I'd get the thing off of me. That's just how I don't like them. And don't bring one up to me and show me, hey, what do you think about this preacher? I don't like it. We are not a church handling um, 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 a snake handling church here, okay? If you want that, I'll give you a couple churches you can go to, but I'm not going to do that. God intended us to leave snakes alone. Look what it happened in the garden, amen? We need to stay away from it. So it's all right to be scared, but understand, go back to that statement, for what? What's the statement we heard? For thou art with me. So the next one. Come on in, the zoo's safe. You say, why do you bring this up? Go to Daniel. Well, you know the story. Daniel chapter 6. 
Go back to the Old Testament, Daniel chapter 6. And I want you to see this story. See, the first one, Jesus calms an inanimate object, the winds. Now, he's going to calm an animal. I want you to start in um, Daniel chapter 6. I want you to start in verse number 16. And this is the very end when he's in there. It says, And the king com commanded that they brought Daniel and cast him in the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. That's an interesting statement for a king to say. Especially a king didn't believe the same thing Daniel believed. Then it says, And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of the Lord's, and the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. And the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither, neither was there instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. In other words, he stayed up all night because of what he's done to his friend Daniel. Then it says this, And the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste into the den of lions. Probably the first and only time he's ever done this. And so he runs back to him, and look at verse number 20. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel, and the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions? Question mark. Never done this before either. And look what happens in the story. Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. <laughs> when I think of that story, it's an amazing story. You've heard me say this before when I talk about the lion's den. There's not, a, there's not an ounce of me that would say, um, I'd, like to see how, I'd like to pet the lions, see how they are. I used to go golfing in a, in a town in, in Illinois. And we got off to the, it was the second tee box. It got off, and if you've ever golfed, it's called shanking the ball. You hit it, the ball, ball goes left. And they had in this, in this field a lot of golf balls. But they had something in that field that deterred people from getting their golf ball. It's called a bull. It was one of the meanest looking bulls I've ever seen. Gigantic bull. Had the ring in its nose and it would look at you and it would, it, it, it would always do it when I was on my downswing. It would make that sound where it blows all the air out of its lungs. And I remember sitting there and going, man, I can't imagine. You see all those golf balls. But then I noticed one time, about after I'd played three or four times, there was a sign on the field, on, on that fence. And it says, it's going to take you a minute to jump over this fence, get your ball and get back out. It takes my bull only 10 seconds to go from side to side. You know what that was? That was a warning. That was a thing to stay out. And you know, I looked at that bull and I thought, there's no way I, I would ever do that. You know, God can control anything, can he? He sure can. I remember one time we were, we were at, at our house and we, we got some dogs there and um, we had one that wanted to have puppies and we had these coyotes that showed up in our backyard. I don't know if you ever had the privilege of seeing a coyote. They're the most lousy looking animal. They look terrible. They look like they haven't eaten. And I'll, I'll never forget, it was probably for me to Ray and, and I took, there was, a, there was like four or five logs there and I, and I chucked them at the coyote to try to get him out. There was like two or three. I think there was three of them. I threw it at him and missed him every time. I got to the last one and this one was the one I hit him with. And when I hit him, it instantly in my mind, I thought, 
I have just thrown away the last piece of wood in front of me. I'm praying as it hits that one in the head that they run away, not towards. And I hit that one, the one whelped, and they all took off. But meantime, I'm sitting there going, they, they could have came up and just devoured me. Animals are nothing to play around with. Never once in a zoo have I ever thought, you know, let's go pet the lions. You know, that's not what we do. But when you have problems in your life, if you stand for what's true, like Daniel did, the zoo is a safe place. We get so many things wrapped up in our, in our mind. For thou art with me, if he's with me, he was with Daniel. If he's with Daniel, he's with me. If he was with the disciples in the water, he's with me. We sometimes get all so, so wrapped up in, oh, we've got to have this. You know what God gives me? He gives me safety. Where's Daniel at? Wednesday night. Was it Wednesday night? Wednesday night, he gets done with church. By the way, we do have church on Wednesday night. Make sure you come. Okay. Anyway, that's just a little plug for it. But um, Wednesday night, he goes home. What's the Interstate 26? He said that he was driving down the road on Interstate 26. Wednesday night, what time? About 8.30? So he's driving down the road, and he notices a car in front of him swerves real fast. And he's in the right lane, and a guy swerves to the right lane real quick, and he was, it was a work truck or something, and he swerves, and Daniel goes, what's that guy's problem? It wasn't, but maybe two or three seconds later, a car is going down the wrong way. On 26, driving an old Buick, going about 55 or 60 miles an hour, going the wrong direction. Now, as far as I know, there was no hit, hits on that. They finally they caught the guy. Daniel called him on the cell phone, called the police on the cell phone. And they were going on the other side of the road, 100 miles an hour, trying to catch this guy. I'm telling you, we live in an environment where we can get hurt real easy. The paper could have been assistant pastor dies in a car wreck. As easy as that could have happened. I mean, that's the last thing you think of when you're driving on the interstate, a two-lane divided highway or four-lane divided highway that someone's going to be driving down the wrong way. But things like that happen. But can I say this to you? God protects us in things we don't even sometimes see. And when He protects us and sometimes we don't see, other people see it. The king saw how great Daniel's God was. So here we have, the, we have um, peace, we have safety. And let's go over three other chapters because this is an interesting one. This is, come on in, the fire's hot. <laughs> When I read this story, this is one of the most amazing stories to me in the, in, the, in the Old Testament. It's the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I'm just going to read a few. You know, you know all the things that happen in this story, but I want you to follow along with me. Daniel chapter 3, verses 19. Go to verse number 19. It says this, Then when Nebuchadnezzar, full of fury, this is after they wouldn't bow down, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because remember, he liked them. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was than it want to be heated. And he commanded that the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. He keeps on reading and it says, Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and they and other garments, and they were cast in the fiery it, cast in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men. 
Now, it didn't slay, slay um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It slew his mighty men. So people say, it's not that hot. You tell them that. They're gone. It burnt them up. It says, the, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And verse number 23 says this, And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto the counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose. You know what's interesting about that statement too? Just doesn't show you that God is with you. It also shows you that God cares for you. Because... He not only brings Jesus in there to walk with them, He also loosens their bounds. He does something for them particularly. And He says, listen, we put three guys that were bound, there's four guys in there now, and they're not bound, they're loose. The fire's hot. You're going to go through some things in your life. We're going through some things in the United States that we've never seen before. I, I'm, I'm 50, 54 years old now. i got to Remember that. Do you ever get that point? You know, you know you're old when you fill out an application and they ask for your year and you have to scroll it and, you, and your finger gets a cramp because you're scrolling it so far. And so I, I'm, I'm 54 years old and there's people in here that are older than me in this room. And I guarantee you, you've never seen anything like we're seeing now. Right? Is there anybody in here? I mean, I, I, my dad went through the Korean War. He doesn't talk, he looks at this now and says, man, this looks like something we've seen in the past. And it wasn't in our country. We are, we are living and we're saying, man, the fire is hot. How are we going to get out of this? I don't know, but I sure do know five words. For thou art with me. And if you can just remember those five words, the fire might get hot. You'll still understand that God's still in control. The Bible says, listen, yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Aren't you thankful that God's with you? So he brings us peace in the midst of a storm, inanimate object. He brings us safety with the animals. No animal can hurt us unless he wants them to. But he also brings us this. He brings us deliverance. Aren't you thankful for God's deliverance in your life? What's he delivered you from? He delivered me from a lot. But he, he has all these aspects that He does in our life, and sometimes they're simultaneously, Cecil. He gives us safety. He also gives us peace through a, through a turmoil, and He also gives us deliverance through the turmoil. There's some verses that I... Why I like this story is there's a part of the story that no one ever really talks about in the story. I want you to go to Daniel chapter 3. And I want to read something. Verse number 13 through 15. This is when um, Nebuchadnezzar is talking to them and saying, listen, this is what you need to do. Now, go to their answer to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar says, listen, I built this big statue. I want you to fall down on it. And I want you to do this. Now, watch what these three young men say. If you mark anything in your Bible, mark verses 16 through 18, the answer back to Nebuchadnezzar. 
Because we'll sit in a storm, we'll go, I just don't know how we can do it. I just don't know what we're going to do. I, get, I, I fret about it, I fret about it, I, I'm concerned about what's going to happen. I don't know if I can handle this. I don't know if I can handle any more political ads in my life. I don't know if I can handle the problems. I've got a son that's a the son-in-law that is a, a police officer, and it's not fair what's being said about them, because they're not all bad. Amen. We take them out. You think our society's going to be great? We've got people here from Chicago area. It's great up there, isn't it? Amen. We love there. And you, you look at all these places and people are making weird decisions. And can I say this to you? If you believe that, that God is with you, listen to what, what these men say. Three young Hebrew boys look at the king, the most powerful person in the world at this time, and this is what they say. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king. Now watch their first statement. O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. They're took, looking at him and saying, listen. We know this is a very critical thing for us to say to you. We're taking this very serious. And look at verse number 17. If you write anything in your Bible, Mark number 17, it says, If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But then he goes this. All three of them in one accord say, But if not. What an amazing statement. But if not. Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not worship thy gods, little g, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. You know what I like about them? They were brazen enough to stand up to the, the most powerful person in the world and say, listen, we're not going to bow down to your king. Come what may, we're going to do what, what's okay. And God's going to deliver them one of two ways, and they know it. He's going to deliver them through death, and seeing, seeing God, or he's going to deliver them through the fire. Now, let's put it back to our perspective. Remember the perspective we looked at? How many of you would think, and you saw a fire, and thought, I could walk through that? I wouldn't. You see those fire walkers, you know, that walk on the coals? What are they thinking? I mean, what are they thinking? You've got to get the right perspective of it. Pick on, I pick on my mechanic over here. He's here. And actually, he's a very good mechanic, Riley is. But the other day, he told me, he said, follow me. You're going you're gonna to take my car. I'm going to take my car someplace, and I need you to follow me to pick me up and carry me back to my house. I said, okay, I'll do that. And I said, give me the address. No, you just follow me. I had the wrong perspective. I can tell you that right now. My mechanic ran through three red lights. Well, let's just say his was yellow, mine was orange. Now, Cecil, you'd understand this. I'm like, me and Cecil, we're drivers alike. I'm getting hot under the co co collar with him doing this. But the thing is, God has put a sustaining factor, and it's my granddaughter sitting right beside me, that I am not yelling at Riley in my car. We almost get to the location, and he runs another red light. This time, it's orange on him. It's not orange on me. And I see that flash. I was like, I can't believe it. And then I remember Lainey going, what can't you believe? <laughs> said, nothing, honey. I just got to check my blood pressure. I've got a bad heart. Riley's really hurting me right now. And so fast forward about three weeks. Where's Peter at? Pete over there. I got something in the mail this week. It's got a picture of my truck. So I have to pay $50 for 
for playing follow leader with someone that's not a good leader. But the joke's on him. The car is registered in my wife's name, so she has to pay it. People say, well, you should make Riley pay it. And I'd rather tease him about it and pay it myself. Amen. It's worth $50. It's all the perspective of the way you look at things. We're going to go through some problems in our life, aren't we? Look at this. You know what I want in my life? I want peace. I want deliverance. I want safety. But I want to be like that Hebrew, Hebrew boys that said, come what may, I'm still going to serve you. We've all had those doctor visits that we go in and we don't know what's going to happen, right? Or you know of somebody that has. I've got one of those this week and next week. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know one thing, God hasn't changed. He's with me the whole time. Isn't He with you? Either you're going to believe or you're not. What do we want? What do we get? If I believe in God and I believe this statement, for thou art with me, I'm going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Troubled times in America, we're both going to be okay. Hey, I went to Walmart yesterday, had toilet paper and paper towels. Praise God for that. I was totally shocked that they had that. Went to the Clorox wipes. They had one left. It was me and a lady. Praise God. I shoved her out of the way and grabbed it. No, I didn't do that. But she, she didn't see it. I was like, and I reached down and grabbed it. It was way in the back. Thank God for long arms. Amen. No, she didn't want one. But you know, when we look at our lives, you know what I want in my life? I want peace. Peace that passes all understanding. Sometimes I don't understand what's going on in the world around me and in my world. But God will give you peace. And you know, sometimes God looks at me and says, where's your faith? Why would you ask that? I haven't changed. And if he has the power to change a storm and make it calm, he can make my storms calm. And if he has the power to shut a lion's mouth, he can make my, my aspect of problems in my life go away. And if he can show three Hebrew boys that are going through a fiery furnace, and we all know the songs as children, we sing that song. If they can make it through that, then why can't I? He wants us to have peace. How many of you, well, no, no, don't raise your hand, but how many of you know that God wants you to have peace? How many of you know that God wants you to have safety? How many of you know that God wants you to have deliverance? How often do our actions back up those things? Tonight's message is this. If you believe, for thou art with me, how many of you believe that for thou art with me, that God's always with you? That's a great thing, isn't it? If you believe that God's with you at all times, you know what my next my message is tonight? Then you just might as well let Him lead. You might as well just let Him lead. And watch this. Until you become a good follower, you'll never be a good leader. You need to follow Christ and understand He has the best interest for you. You say, well, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Who does? But I sure do have a God that does. He knows what's going on. He knows what peace is. In the midst of turmoil, He'll give you peace. <laughs> In the midst of turmoil, He'll give you safety. And on the other side of that peace and that, and that safety, when you get through it, He'll deliver you through it. Now watch this as people will end. 
How many of you have ever had a situation you go, I have no idea how I'm going to get out of this situation? Whether it's health or anything. How many of you ever had a situation like that? Let me ask you this question. Did you get out of it? And my last question to you is this. What did you learn? God's teaching me a lot. Teaches me a lot about my health. Teaching me I shouldn't eat as many chocolate chip cookies. Amen. Grapes are better. So they say. But we sit there and we have turmoil after turmoil after turmoil and God has to teach us over and over and over again. Meanwhile, you have three Hebrew boys that were little young, young, young men at the time saying, listen, God, listen, King, I know you're the most powerful thing and we don't say this with just, just flighty. We're saying this, that we're, gonna, we're not going to bow down to what you want us to because we're going to follow what our God says. And thank God, you know what? They got in that fire and they got to walk with God. I want to be someone that walks with God. I want someone that, that somebody, someone will look at and say, for thou art with 